0: Hey guys, Corey Shields with the Selling North Georgia podcast. Today's guest is Amanda Brown. She is the executive director over at the Creative Arts Guild. She tells us all about the origins of the Creative Arts Guild, uh, what sort of uh, lessons and activities they have going on over there, and what we as realtors and a community can do to support the guild. So stay tuned. It's a good discussion. all right awesome so amanda brown how's it going it's great glad to have you here so Thanks you for are having me. yeah you're the uh, executive director of the creative arts guild
1: that's right yeah
0: so tell us a little bit about you know how did you get into that how long you've been doing it what kind of responsibilities sure. you got
1: oh yes so um i've been doing arts my whole life as long as i can remember i had my first piano recital and ballet class at two um i've been painting again for as long as i can remember to play piano play flute. Um, did a lot of theater growing up. So when it became time for me to go to college and pick what I wanted to do, I had a really hard time. I did some auditions for dance. I did some auditions for art and got into schools both ways, but landed on theater actually, which I had not been doing as much as the other two. But the reason being is in the theater, I felt like I never had to give up any of the arts. It kind of is where the arts come together. So It wasn't that i wanted to be an actor most people get into theater because they want to be an actor that was not me i just wanted to still paint i wanted to still do music and um you know performance art so it all came together so i went to the university of the south in swanee swanee tennessee um, and graduated and kind of my professors pushed me into the role of directing um, which i don't know that i would have chosen myself but once there really enjoyed that Hmm. i remember um it hit me the opening night of the show that i directed as my senior thesis um i i wondered am i going to miss being on stage and the lights came up and the first thing happened and i was so happy to be back in the shadows i'm like i am on stage my heart everything that we worked on in rehearsals it's all there so i had a whole different understanding of my role in the theater world and really the art world so then I moved out to Colorado. Um, my I got engaged, and my husband um, went to law school out there. So we traveled together. And while he was in law school, I did the artist thing. Worked three jobs, traveling around. I worked for a theater conservatory, teaching kiddos, um, six-year-old through eighteen, acting, performance, all that. Um, worked in some dance studios. Pieced it all together. <laughs> um, did some snowboarding along the way as well.
2: <laughs> say that. Please tell me you were on the slopes of sometimes. When it you were was an
1: there. unwritten vow in our marriage that I had to learn to snowboard because my husband it was like his favorite pastime so um, it hurt a lot to learn as an adult but I got it I was determined all the fog behind the goggles and all the crying and everything I made it so so I, I did that for several years out in Colorado when my husband graduated from law school I was really ready for the next thing so I ended up going back and getting my masters in arts administration And um, right before that, I was involved in a theater company that was kind of like they were becoming, they were forming their 501C3. And again, both at the children's theater and this professional actor studio, I was being pushed into this administrative role just because I was more organized than the average artist. (laughs) Um, And actually found that I really liked that role. So that took me into the art administration degree. And then that's really what brought me here. I graduated. In August of 2014 and um, went through a very extensive interview process for the role that I took on at the guild but um, then you know I was here by November 2014 so I'm going on eight years as the executive director um, and when I mean honestly all my life it it was my dream job it was what I wanted to be when I grew up and so um, I feel very privileged to be a part of an organization that is turning sixty next year. There's a lot of foundation. There's a lot of good love and feelings that have been involved in the development and the sustaining, you know, of, of what it is. So um, it's a joy each day.
0: Yeah. So what? What are some of the the I guess bigger picture sort of responsibilities and tasks and goals that you have over there?
1: Sure. So um, I guess my biggest challenge is balancing. You know, I mean, really, in the role that I'm in, the guild is set up um, to almost like a university, where these, there's these, basically a lot of these sub businesses. I mean, there's the dance department, the art department. We run a gallery. We have a culinary arts kitchen. So all these could operate as their own businesses, and but my job is to kind of put them under one roof, find the balance, um, and of course, all the administration of that. How are we going to pay for all of this? How is you know? How are we going to promote the classes we're doing? How are we gonna make sure we're fulfilling a mission and not just focused on um, bringing in the income, you know? And so, and and then also just kind of balancing how we move forward as a community, how we look at art, but not pushing past the boundaries of what people are comfortable in. We wanna bring art to our community um, and we want people to embrace it, um, you know? So it's kind of that balance, but you know, a lot of it is, relationships, uh, both com- like community relationships, but also internally between um, all the artists that work with us. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a very small core staff of about eight of us that, that really um, are the administrative staff and do the majority of things. But then we have up to 40 people on our payroll that do um, different classes or art residencies or things like that um, out in the community or, or you know how we hire on to play a show or things like that. So um, it's it's a lot of people, a lot of artistic minds are very passionate people. So, you know, a lot of it is just um, relationship uh, conversations and building those and gaining the trust and then supporting, you know, the artists.
0: Sure. Sure. Yeah. So uh, the mission of the Creative Arts Guild is to cultivate the arts in the community. Um, how exactly would you say that the Guild is going about doing that? And, and how, how are people, you know, you've got all these things going on, how, how do you inform people of what you know what all's going on and how they can be involved
1: sure so um how do we cultivate the arts so we have a number of things um that we focus on one of which is education um and so i, I think to me it was really important to shift the mindset that an arts education doesn't end when you graduate high school mm-hmm. it, it's a lifelong mission um i'm still learning every single day <laughs> so you know and, and that's what's awesome about the arts it's really exploratory you never can end there's no is never the answer there's always a yes you can't get it wrong (laughs) so it's it's just about discovery and exploration and and really conversation um in different um formats you know so um you know offering classes that can continue that education um putting art before people whether that's in a gallery or performance art on the street or concerts at Burr Park or whatever it might be, putting the art out there and then just stepping back and letting the conversation have itself, you yeah. know? Um, and then advocating for the continuation of art and the presence of art in all the big conversations in our community and, um, you know, as a part of the, the development and planning of what our, our city, you know, wants to be in the vision of our future.
0: So, uh, what do you think, as far as, you know, you mentioned the concerts, lessons, all sorts of things, what do you think people respond best to? Like, what, what's really getting people's attention?
1: Well, that's interesting. Um, I, it's, it's different for everyone. Um, I think the easiest entry for someone um, who might not have an experience in the arts, I mean, certainly having something that's a public performance that's free that's in a space they're comfortable in i think it's a really easy access Um, so i think it's important while i love people to come to our building and i want everyone to feel comfortable coming in the door and that is the long-term goal is to make sure um, everyone feels comfortable coming to a gallery opening or anything that we have i i think it does a it does a great benefit for us to take art out onto the streets I mean I really do think the concerts um, have turned some things around because um, it just you know it offers something free it's easy to show up it's everybody's space it's no one person's anything um, and it's meant to be shared so music is a really easy entry to everyone enjoys listening to music so sure. I think performance is an easy way in but you know um, you know, again, just going outside of our walls, painting a wall, having it show up in your everyday life.
0: Yeah, so you guys are involved with the, the streetscapes type of art that's going on?
1: We are, yes. We've been involved in several mural projects. We also house our own sculpture garden um, that has a, a one of the largest ones in the state, if not the largest one in the state. Um, we just installed 15 new sculptures last year. So it really is a substantial, they're from all over the world and a variety of, um, of pieces. So yes, and we're very involved too in the conversation about how to continue having public art and how to kind of have a, how to curate that experience. So it's not just anyone paints anything on any wall anywhere, but that we have some kind of plan of what that looks like um, so that we as a community are cohesive.
2: Mm -hmm. I was gonna ask that, like how do you, How do you work with the public to say, oh, wait, no, we can't draw that on this wall?
1: So the formalized process is still, we're still working on making sure that there is a formalized process for that. But we certainly do work with people. Um, We have, um, we do a lot of uh, administering and and managing of projects. Like if there's a company that says, I really want to put up a mural or there's a, a person who owns property who says, I would like my building to be painted we try to pair that with funding pair that with an artist and guide the process um, to be something um, different so that it's not okay well we have this mural over here let's try to do um something that highlights a different aspect of our community or so you know we try to kind of be um, strategic about it and and again more than anything help guide the process Mm
2: -hmm. so there's a there's an article in the new york times that came out today that actually kind of featured some local artwork so was the guild involved in that process
1: so um, the one that mayelli did yes. she she really worked um, closely with the chamber and the leadership Dalton alumni class so we definitely have consulted in on that um, we definitely support it and mm-hmm. and but we weren't in, involved um, in every aspect of that mural piece but we've been involved with several things um, both with the last leadership Dalton mural and um, several others that have been in town and Definitely, I mean, May only was just teaching with us this past uh, semester at the Guild. So, um, we're, the, the, the arts are a tight-knit group, and, you know, as the Creative Arts Guild, I feel like our role really is to be the cultural hub so that if we're needed, we come to this to the plate to, you know, support, come to the table to, to lift up and, and give the support that me, again, because the Guild is 60 years old, we're... We're really standing on a really strong foundation um, of support of programming of you know um, experience and I feel like the best way forward I, I say this a lot now is when I came to the guild I did a whole kind of excavation to figure out so the guild was this in 1963 what are we now and how has that changed and in 1963 the guild was the only place to go for the for any arts experience whether you, whatever you want. Well, to the success of the Guild's original mission to bring arts here, that's not the case anymore. There's many choices of where you're going to take classes and and what kind of where you're going to experience art. And so I see that not as competition. I see that as success Mm. of the Guild's mission. I mean, it's working. So then we have to change our role. We have to be progressive and think forward about these things. So again... I now reflect that our, our role is really to be that resource um, for the working artists. Um, so if they don't need us to show up to be a part of their mm-hmm. project, great. We'll you know we'll just be there with bells on to support um, <laughs> as they need it. But if, if someone does need funding or someone does need materials or just wants to help put the pieces together, we have the resources to do that. So um, really kind of thinking about being a partner to the city, being a partner to the other organizations in the community. And if anyone ever, like the different organizations want to come together, we hope they consider the Creative Arts Guild as kind of a neutral territory to do that, a playground to to collaborate and um, again, explore as arts are great at doing.
2: Yeah, so. I can't imagine being an artist in this town of any kind, whether it's acting or you know music or, or actual with a paintbrush like Mayeli. but. I can't imagine being an artist in, in this town and not being plugged into what you guys do. Like To me, we're so fortunate in Dalton to have a place like the Creative Arts Guild and to have that 60-year you know window that you've been operating in. Um, we had an actor that was on our podcast, I don't know, five or six episodes ago, that talked about how we have so much here and it's so unusual for a town of 30,000 people to have the Arts Guild and Dalton Little Theater and ACT and all these other little... Avenues to express yourself. So, obviously, the guild had a, a big part of that because you said, you know, their job 60 years ago was to bring that to this town and so there's a couple
1: of, of like I, I want to reflect on the history a little bit too. Mm-hmm. I mean, what I've learned a lot, even though I kind of grew up in the guild, I learned a lot coming into this role about what the founders um, were kind of up against and or how that happened, and so it, it's really tied to our industry. You know, as the carpet industry was really growing and um, men executives were being hired from bigger cities, Chicago New York City you know all these places to come here and run you know the carpet um, industry well their wives said sure we'll move to Dalton but (laughs) our children are gonna have the arts so it's interesting I mean even though really it was a kind of male-dominated you know workforce at that time the women came together and said, okay, we'll do this, but we need to have the arts. And so they created the art skill. So really because of the carpet industry, Mm -hmm. it's always been the expectation that even though we're a smaller town, that the caliber of the arts and the quality of the experience here is that it will, will rival that of a larger city. So that's kind of always been in my mind is to kind of, you know, don't limit ourselves to think, oh, it's just Dalton. No, I mean... Dalton has a long running reputation of doing something that's beyond what you would think you would find here and it's, you know, as realtors, I have to comment on this too. My parents chose to come here. I'm only what second generation they were the first Dalton I'm not long term long, you know, standing Dalton family or anything. Um, they, my dad, they're both in medicine. My dad was a pediatrician, my mom was an occupational therapist, and they were looking for someone and they, or somewhere to be, and they kind of narrowed it down to two or three places. Um, but they chose Dalton because it had the creative art skill, hmm. because even though it was a small town and a small community, which they liked, it also valued the arts and culture. It also, hmm. you know, supported those kinds of ventures. So that's what brought them here originally. And it's what brought my family home. I mean, I never thought that we would come back. And I, even though my there was a lot of incentive because my brother's here and my mom is here, I don't. my husband and I probably would not have come back had the opportunity not arisen for me to be able to take on this role. So, I mean, that's that's twice <laughs> the creative <laughs> art skills gotten us. And I think that's a common story. I think it's a big influence for a lot of people because you can get the benefits of a smaller town, a smaller <clears throat> community, but also have the culture
2: mm-hmm. You know, I feel like we don't do a good enough job of promoting that piece as realtors. Um, we are certainly guilty of, oh, yeah, and the Arts Guild. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like it, it actually can be a draw and, and we often don't treat it as such. And we, we need to do a better job of that. I will say in the last 18 to 24 months, we've probably gotten better at that because we've seen how Burr Park has been utilized. And, and it's like not even that there's that close of a correlation, but there really is because for us, it's like, Oh, yeah, let's talk about the art scene because we're literally driving past it on Main Street, right? It's like, oh, yeah, let me take you by the art skill, too. And I didn't even know about the sculpture garden. That's really cool.
1: Well, you're going to have to come see it.
2: How do we we help you get the word out about things like that? Because that's a cool thing that I certainly would have taken my daughter to had I known it existed. I was going
1: to say, the best thing to do is just to come experience it for yourself because (laughs) if you do... You won't not mention it ever again because I was even guilty. I'll tell you, when we moved back here, we had been driving for who knows how long. We had a dog. We had a baby. We're driving all this stuff across the country. We pull into Dalton. All I wanted to do is go straight to my mom's house. My husband said, let's go by the Guild. And I said, no. He's like, don't you want to see where we're going to be? I'm like, okay, one more stop. So sure enough, we pull in and the first thing I see are the sculptures. And I'm just like this is amazing, this is, and so all of a sudden he's like, see, aren't you glad you came by? Well, still, I worked in the building for probably six months before someone called and said, hey, can you lead a tour through the sculpture garden? I thought, well, (laughs) I I know I should say yes, so I'll say yes, and I stayed up all night learning the sculptures, and I gave that first tour, and I was in love with our sculptures. It just gave me a different perspective when you understand the materials, and how the artists worked, and what their influence was, and I have such respect for it and for the curation of of the space. Um,
2: Is there a walking tour? Like, Can we put on headsets and kind of walk through and let us? There is
1: a guide by cell, so you can use your cell phone and call a phone number and get a a tour that way. It's all on our website, and we have a beautiful brochure. We've just paved a new path through it this past season, um, and we continue to do new upgrades and things to it. So it really is a worthwhile walk, and um, I think you'll be impressed. So again, once yeah. you see it yourself, you'll tell it to everyone, because it really is yeah, something to speak to, about. Can put
0: that on the calendar. Yeah. Like <laughs>
1: Come yeah. for a group field trip. I'll lead you through. <laughs> awesome.
0: Yeah, that is cool. Um, I'm kind of curious your opinion on something. So, you know, like we're discussing, Dalton is uh, absolutely supporting the arts. Um, what is your opinion, though, if you kind of zoom out, look at the, the big picture, the our call it the whole country, right? The appreciation appreciation of arts now versus maybe in times past like do you where do you think it's shifted and and to be more specific what i'm asking is so i'm a musician so mm-hmm. i'm kind of familiar with that world and i know some you know painters and stuff like that and it seems like nowadays to get people to pay attention and appreciate what you're doing is far more difficult than well i wasn't around a long long time ago but maybe more saturated because of the internet, things like that. Do you have an opinion on, on any of that stuff?
1: Yeah, let me reflect on that a little bit. Um, first of all, I think we as a society, um, we don't value being idle. We don't value relaxing or enjoyment as much as we used to. I think <laughs> that's changing a little bit. I think even the pandemic maybe even brought some of that about and woke people up to that. But I think it's been so much, you know, work, 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 be, you know, checked off the checklist. I'm just as guilty about this and I live in the art world and I'm still checking off the checklist. And, um, so I, I think again, a lot of, a lot of the arts can be seen as leisure activities. And so maybe that's part of why there was a, a pull away, but what I have noticed, and again, I'll reference the pandemic, um, the arts get more focus during times of great need, mm-hmm. because people wake up and they they have a need to feel connected, they have a need to communicate when there's not words to do so, and the arts take on that purpose. So, when everything shut down, what was the first thing you saw on the internet, right? Mm-hmm. You saw a professional, like, big-time musicians going live from their living rooms giving free concerts. You saw people on balconies in other countries singing across to each other. Um, we even started our own kind of Facebook Live series offering arts, and we were not alone. So um, I really felt like the arts were the champions of those for that little first little time period where everything shut down, everything was so uncertain, nobody knew. like. We didn't think that was going to be possible, did we? And here we all were, kind of stuck at home behind our, you know, computers. And the arts kind of came to the rescue, in my opinion, for a lot of those things. Um, so, you know, I don't know if that fully answers your question, but I, I feel like, you know, in our country, the other, I guess the other thing, and in our world, you know, what do the arts have to offer? It's connectivity. You know, it's human, I mean, everything about art is somehow focused on the human condition or human experience, mm-hmm. so just being able to share that, and again, mm-hmm. without words, you don't even need the words to do so. Um, sometimes, you know, lyrics and, and poetry and all those things I know come into play, but mm-hmm. um, you know, with all the different mediums, there are other forms of communication. Um, I recently had an experience where starting a new program, and I'm, I'm actually getting, um, a new degree from the University of Florida in arts and health, and oh, come on, it's it's connected. black In case you were wondering, <laughs> <laughs> there's a reason. I well, yeah, that's true. The Florida thing, I know. Well, my sister went to FSU, so she's like, you're a gator now. It just happened <laughs> yeah. to have the best program.
2: Okay, fair enough. But
1: but um, it's it's bringing arts into the healthcare setting um, to humanize <laughs> the healthcare experience. So you know, I. Again, it's another way that and the connectivity piece is important to me. But I just I recently worked with an individual um, that was receiving, um, you know, some medical care who did not speak English, and I unfortunately do not speak Spanish. It's one of the things I really feel like I need to work on.
2: <laughs> the next um, degree, we, we the do. next one, right now. The next now. degree, that's right.
1: <laughs> but I we communicated with our art so. I painted a circle and like dropped a color in it and did that. And then she's painted a circle and dropped a color in it and then did a square around it. Then mine had a square, then hers had little lines. And before I knew it, I thought I was going to be demonstrating a piece that she would just replicate. We were having this conversation with our paintbrushes. So Mm. that's just a little demonstration about how the arts can build bridges, can ask questions, can open up new exploration. Um, it's why I love it. it. there, It's endless. It's a lifelong journey, 100%. And you can do it when you're an infant by just listening to music, and mm-hmm. you can do it when you're unable to move, if you're not feeling, if you're sick or whatever. I mean, you can do it throughout your entire life um, in some way, shape, or form, and it's fulfilling.
0: Yeah, I think it's really easy to take for granted all the art that is mm-hmm. you know out there to appreciate and like you said, I think the pandemic, whenever everything shut down and then live music uh, came back again, the people who, you know, once upon a time, maybe went here and there were missing it. You know, when you take something away, you all of a sudden realize, oh man, I really love that. And uh, so, yeah, I, I think your answer was pretty dead on to my own opinion. Absolutely.
1: Good. I
0: appreciate it. Yeah, we, I recently went and saw Jordan Peterson at
2: uh, the Alabama Theater in Birmingham. So, first of all, that building is amazing. I'm very you, jealous about that, by talk- the way. Did I tell you that? No, not yet. I'm very <laughs> jealous. that you went. You talk about beauty and art. Like, my goodness, that building was the perfect venue to see somebody like Jordan Peterson because, you know, he's so thoughtful and, and introspective. And then one of the rules in his Beyond Order book is take one of your rooms and make it as beautiful as you possibly can. And so I was not excited to hear that was the rule he was going to talk about, that (laughs) two and a half hours that that lecture went, which was amazing. And, yeah, Jordan Peterson is awesome. So You can talk about anything. It'll be interesting. Yeah. And so I was like, I love the book. I love both books. Uh, There are tons of rules that I try to live by now. That was not one of them. And so I'm like, okay, we'll see what's going on. So he was focused on art. In that two and a half hours, I was mesmerized by how to look at art, and I see it totally differently now than I did going into that. And one of the things he said was that it was endless. Like He used the word endless in one of the you know conversations he had with himself for an hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, he said that it was endless. But he also talked about how when I say make it as beautiful as I can or make the room as beautiful as you can, he talked about the fact that art can mean so many different things in the same piece and like you you shouldn't look at it as just decorative although it is and you shouldn't look at it as just oh that's a beautiful piece and it is but if you know the story behind it or if you know the painter's story behind it or or whatever if you know the information that goes along with the art there's a deeper connection and a deeper uh, vision of beauty in that moment and so i thought about that i'm like wow that is interesting and so now when i think about the art skill, i'm like I should go back and actually look at the things like the Sculpture Garden and see it totally differently than I would have otherwise. So
1: It's very true, and that's why I think if you just get that first point of entry, I feel like people would come back for more. It's mm-hmm. just you, you just scratch the surface, and the deeper you go. I mean, I often, we, we have new gallery exhibits you know, every other month, sometimes every month in the art um, in our gallery, and sometimes they come in, and you don't have to like everything, right? Like sometimes they come in and like, even though I think I, 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 this art is, is good quality. And I mean, cause that's all vetted and everything. Sometimes I don't appreciate everything that comes in the door, but my job is to make sure that it's, you know, varied because what I don't appreciate you might, but I'll tell you, there was this one exhibit that I just didn't think I cared for very much at all, but we hosted, um, kind of a yoga and art Saturday morning, and I went into this exhibit, and it was raining, it was kind of dark in the space. We did this yoga thing and did a meditation, and then afterwards I found myself drawn into this artwork, and I ended up buying a piece (laughs) out of that exhibit that I at first thought I didn't care for, but I learned the artist's story. I sat and kind of sat with it, meditated on where I was in life, and now not only did I buy a piece, I have a very significant memory of why I bought that piece, mm-hmm. and what it means, and it kind of, I took it as a symbol of where I was in life at that time, which was kind of an interesting period of time for me. So, I see that piece every single day, and it has that... And the depth t- it has, yes. has changed drastically. I mean, every day I look at it and I feel mm-hmm. that inside, every piece of it, and I can't even explain that. It's mm-hmm. just, you know, it's just, um, yeah, the depth of what mm-hmm. the experience can be um, is tremendous. So. Be curious enough to ask. Be curious enough to just, you know, open the possibility that um, arts aren't just the fluff of life. I mean, they really mm-hmm. are integrated in who we are, and possibly one of the best ways for us to connect, because it really life's about connectivity and relationships, and mm-hmm. and um, you know, coexisting in this world. So,
0: yeah, art has a weird way of growing on you. A lot of the things that I love the most, like you said, like at first maybe wasn't totally impressed but if it's a song or whatever you know you hear it three four five times all of a sudden it starts sticking to you for one reason or another it's like a person almost right
1: and mm-hmm. like well you someone created them. that right yeah. somebody and you start to get to know the artist or your idea of the artist in some way the longer you look at something the longer you listen you start to put yourselves in their shoes i mean mm-hmm. and then you see it differently mm-hmm.
0: yeah. Yeah, definitely well, uh, let's see. Amanda, is there any way, like Michael and I, or just the community in general, that we can kind of push the word of the Creative Arts Guild? What can we do to support?
1: Absolutely. I mean, just advocate that the arts are important in our community. Um, advocate that the guild has an important role and a long-standing, you know, relationship with the arts and the artists, and um, share it with everyone. Just show up. Show up and celebrate yeah. with us, and bring friends and. Um, You know, we've got so much going on all the time. Our website has everything on it, Um, events, gallery openings. A lot of what we do is free. A lot of what we do is free. We have some fundraisers, we gotta keep the lights on, the doors open. But um, a lot of what we do is free and we wanna keep it that way. So come to festival, that's an easy entry. That's one that, festival's the third weekend of um, September every single year and we bring in lots of artists, we have lots of performances all weekend long. We're coming up to our Spring for the Arts brunch. That um, This one is a paid event on April 30th, um, but it's a jazz brunch in the Sculpture Garden.
2: Mm-hmm. should be
1: fun. <laughs> um, and, you know, we do a Low Country Boil in the summertime in July, which is family-friendly. Um, and, of course, we have our Snow Queen performance every November that um, has a full orchestra now. Oh, wow. And last year we had our first Pops in the Park. And this year we're doing Pops in the Park with fireworks and the whole shebang mm-hmm. out at a park so when is that that's uh july 1st it's the friday of july 4th weekend yes yeah awesome so
2: one thing that i know that we can do a better job of is um well one of the things we hear a lot when people have moved here we sell houses to people that are coming here from other places and one of the not really complaints but one of the observations that a lot of people make is boy dalton is a really close-knit group close-knit town it's kind of hard to break into the to the inner workings of Dalton. And so we hear that often, and one of the things we need to remember is just, hey, if you want to get plugged in or you want that connection piece that you're missing, let's tell you about the guilt and, and make that part of our answer to that question. Because there have been many times when I'm like, you know what, you're right. I wish I had a better answer for you, <laughs> but go to church somewhere this weekend, right? Like, <laughs> that's that's been always my, the answer. Yeah, that's always been my answer, but but honestly, like that's another great place to— to plug in absolutely T- we class. call
1: it the guild family and all you have to do is walk in the door and you're part of it so we we have a lot of things going on and um, again it's just it the minds that show up the people that show up and and have the conversations and enjoy the things we're doing it's it's a really Powerful group of people. So So if
2: people want to get in touch with the Guild or or find out what's happening at the Guild,
0: creativeartsguild.org. You
1: got it. Obvious answer, (laughs) right? (laughs)
0: If somebody wants to contact you specifically about questions or anything, is there a best way to reach you?
1: Sure. My email is B at creativeartsguild.org.
0: Awesome. Well, we'll go ahead and wrap it up. Thank you so much, Amanda, for coming in. Uh, It's been a good discussion. We learned a lot. Thank you. I've
1: enjoyed it so much.